Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. We are glad that you're here, whether this is your first time listening or you are someone who's been listening from day one. We do really do appreciate you being here. Maybe you're a brand new speaker just getting started. You just don't know what you don't know, or you're a veteran who's been at it for a while and you're just looking for more gigs and more opportunities. And uh, Either way, you've come to the right place. So we do appreciate you hanging out with us. So uh, before we get to today's episode, let me remind you, if you haven't checked out our free YouTube channel, you want to do that. We are doing speech breakdowns every single week where we are taking a popular TED Talk or speech or presentation. We're doing a breakdown, a walkthrough of that presentation, talking about what worked, what didn't work, why it worked, and how you can take some of the best practices and strategies and tips and apply them to your next presentation. So we've had a lot of fun with those, a lot of really popular talks that we've been able to review and give some breakdowns and, and uh, reaction to. So make sure you go over to youtube.com slash the speaker lab, youtube.com slash the speaker lab. And uh, there you will find all of those speech breakdown videos. All right. So today we're doing another coaching call, which we've recorded and uh, letting you listen in to. Today we're going to be talking with Leah Pika, who is an elite coaching student with us. And so uh, again, we just did a coaching call with her that you're able just to eavesdrop and listen in on. So with Leah, we talked through uh, dealing with nerves as an introverted speaker. I'm personally an introverted speaker as well. I know a lot of speakers are. And so uh, we talked through how do you deal with those nerves of being that type of speaker. We also talked through uh, leveraging each speaking gig for additional opportunities to, to network and ultimately book more gigs. So we talked through some specific strategies that she can implement of basically each gig that she does of how to leverage those for additional opportunities. So a lot of good stuff here. Let's get right into it. Here's my uh, coaching call and conversation with Leah Pika. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Grant Baldwin here from the Speaker Lab today, joined by Miss Leah Pika, who is uh, in the Elite Program, and uh, excited to have her hanging out with us today as we kind of dig into her business and uh, talk through a couple ideas of things that uh, we can do to, to help. So, uh, Leah, how are you today? I'm great, Grant, and I'm so grateful that you've brought me on the show today. Thank you. You bet. This is going to be fun. So, first of all, just uh, for some context and some background, can you give us a little snapshot of who you speak to, what you speak about, and then how speaking fits into the bigger picture of your business? Absolutely. So what I speak about, I am a data storytelling evangelist. So right. I teach digital analysts and marketers, people who measure the success of websites and do internet marketing. I teach them how to look at the data that's coming in from their programs and tie it to the success of their organizations or clients and how to tell that story in a really engaging way so that they're not only answering key questions and not putting their audience to sleep, but they're also inspiring action and creating a sense of indispensability for themselves so that they can write their ticket anywhere they want to go. Cool. 
Very cool. So are you speaking to like individual companies on how to, I don't know, make data more interesting or is it more you're speaking to, you know, agencies and those who are working with numbers on how they can do a better job working with their clients doing the same thing? It's actually both. Very often I teach teams of analysts at agencies. That's a pretty big clientele of mine because they have direct clients. And that's really important because their clients are looking to understand the investment they're making in that agency, right? But I also teach teams uh, and individual practitioners at larger companies, Hyatt, Starwood, CBS, ones like that. Cool. And how much speaking are you doing and how does speaking fit into what else you're doing in your business? Sure. So I would say I have like a keynote and an industry conference every other month and then a private workshop every other month. What I'm trying to do is build a virtual web class, basically take my private workshop teachings and make it virtual so that it is available to the millions of solo practitioners or people who are on small teams where it, it isn't economically viable for their companies to hire me to teach two people. And it's also more economical to have me stream directly to their desktop rather than me coming in person. So that's a a big uh, push for this year. All right. So ballpark, you're doing around a dozen events a year, whether it's a mix of Mm -hmm. keynotes or some private workshops there. And you mentioned that you would like to be doing more of the online, whether it's a training program or something where for people who, you know, either can't afford to have you come in or uh, it's just more cost effective, even for your own sake to be able to deliver it from home or not have to be there at all to deliver it. So in terms of speaking, do you like where you're at in terms of just continuing to do about a dozen gigs? Would you rather do more or less or different types or what would you like to be at? I guess the volume feels good to me. It's just, I would really love to find more paying keynotes. I'm finding I'm still booking a number of like free, I shouldn't say free, they are paying for travel expenses and things like that. And they are great promotional opportunities. But since I haven't yet really cornered, uh, like really locked down an efficient lead generation machine that leads to a really high closing rate, let's say, those free ones are great exposure, but I am looking to still create like a steadier income stream through more frequent paid workshops and that paid web class. If I understand correctly, is the if half of your business right now, is, in terms of speaking, is the keynotes, are most of those free while the workshops for private clients are paid? I would say, yes, that's a, I would say that's a good way to put it. Most okay, cool. keynotes are free, but there are several paid. And so you do speaking as a, as a big piece of the business. What else do you, do you do consulting or what else does, does that look like? So I was doing consulting, but what I found was that the teaching aspect was really the biggest draw for me. Mm-hmm. So I have pulled back a bit on consulting, but I am considering approaching it again because it can be a really great opportunity if there are certain checks in place for kind of the deliverables and and what the scope of those projects look like. Those are the ones where I feel like the scope can be a little wishy-washy if they're not super defined up front. The way a workshop is really cut and dry. But what I want to add to that is another type of engagement I'm looking at is retainer teaching engagements where I might offer a package of workshops to a company, but in between those workshops, 
I'd be available for things like office hours, Q&A calls, a private Slack channel or Facebook group, Mm -hmm. some way of having direct access so that there's ongoing accountability and support that their own teams inside may not be capable of providing, but someone who is equipped to help them with those unique challenges along the way can provide for them. So almost like a kind of an outside, in some ways a consultant, but also just an outside contractor who can help on the analyst side of what it is a, a company's doing and just kind of being an outside resource. Right. It's almost like a group coaching program, like what you have for Elite, but it lives inside of a company. Gotcha. Okay. So where do you feel like is your biggest challenge right now? Where, where do you feel like we can best help you? Sure. So where I really struggle is how to make the most out of my networking opportunities for my keynote engagements. My keynotes get a lot of attention and great appreciation. So what I find is that it's a great way to get people to approach me with mm-hmm. their questions. But what I'm finding is that if that doesn't happen, I I guess as a bit of an introvert, sometimes I feel really paralyzed just walking up cold to people who are all clustered and little clicks and knowing how to interrupt and be like, hey, did you see my Thing. The thing I did. <laughs> I was just that person and this is what I do and you should care because. And <laughs> right. Right. So I tend to be a little bit of a wallflower after I speak. I'm like, see you folks. And right. I kind of make a beeline. So I'd love some advice there. So each of these keynotes that you're doing is the goal to, in terms of, of why you think you need to do more networking, is it to book more other keynotes or is it to book some of these private clients or to pick up some of these retainer? Like what's the goal of, of if you're going to talk sure. to them, what, what are you hoping the outcome would be? The steps that I see are that their curiosity is piqued by this public keynote. Mm-hmm. And then usually they'll want to say like, hey, we want you to do that for our company. Oh, and by the way, do you also offer any seminars or workshops? And that's when I have the in to really upsell with my larger teaching modules. In terms of you know, what I talk about during the presentation, I always make sure I have like a lead magnet that collects people so they're in my funnel and everything. But what I find is those direct conversations are usually the juiciest leads. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I create them. <laughs> yeah. So um, a couple of thoughts come to mind is one, I find that most speakers I know, myself included, are very introverted. And so I think sometimes we think of that as like a negative thing where we think because of that, you know, that we're not good at networking or we're not good at promoting or marketing ourselves. And the reality is, is like, that's not necessarily true. It's just like speaking is very tiring, mentally, emotionally, yes. physically draining. And so when we're done, we're like, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to interact with people. We, um, my middle daughter several years ago, and she's pretty introverted and shy herself, but when she was, I don't know, three or four years ago, she used to say, no people talk to me, no people look at me. Oh, and so my, my wife exactly. and I, we still use that line. Like, that's exactly how I feel after a keynote. No people talk to me, no people look at me. Right. I just I just want to be by myself, right? Yep. I think that that's where most speakers can find themselves. But like you said, there's certainly a lot of opportunities that exist, especially after a keynote in right. terms of building those, those relationships. So, so one thought would be, and as it relates to the talk itself, there's two different ways that you can go about kind of promoting and marketing yourself. One's kind of an indirect way and one's more of a direct way. So indirectly, one of the things that you can do is that you can make mention of other clients that you've worked with or other gigs that you've spoken Mm. at and not in a way of like, 
hey, look at me, you know, I, I do the billboard. And yeah, you know, that type of thing. But even in passing reference of two weeks ago, I was working with XYZ client and they were having this trouble and here's what we did and here's the solution we came up mm, with. You know? Okay. So saying it in a way where you're like, I'm just sharing an insight and sharing a thought, but showing here's how I did it for another company. Then mm. for subconsciously, for some people, they're going to be able to connect the dots like, oh, she does this for other people. That's interesting. Because one of the things, have you noticed this? Like, that's interesting is you can go speak somewhere and come off stage and people don't make the connection that you're a speaker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they'll, they'll talk to you and be like, hey, was this your first time? You did really, really good. It's like, no, like this is what I do. This is my job. You know? So it's like for some people, there's just a disconnect that they just thought you're just this random person that... <laughs> <laughs> they plucked from the audience to come up and give a talk, you know, and it's just not the case. So connecting the dots for them and saying, you know, recently when I was working with this company or when I was consulting with them or I was speaking at this other industry event and doing some of those like subtle passing references to some right. other things, similar things that you've done, again, just kind of helps connect the dots in the mind of mm. the audience who are like, oh, cool. I, I didn't realize that she did this for other people. I wonder what this would look like if she worked with us, right? So I you really like that. Yeah, you can do that in just kind of an indirect passive way by just sharing some stories and sharing During some a workshop and, with students. I yeah, exactly. that, blah, blah, blah. Totally, totally. And people are going, wait, what, what, what workshop was she doing? That's kind of interesting. <laughs> I wonder if she could do a workshop for us, you know? Right. So you can do that, make mention to that in kind of a, a passing casual way. The other thing that you can do is something that's more direct and you can do this in, in a couple different ways. So one would be, you know, at the end of your talk of even just mentioning like, you know, before you're kind of getting into the, the conclusion of, you know, it doesn't have to be super sales or anything like that, but even just making mention of my businesses, I, I travel around and I, I speak at different conferences and events and I work with various clients, many of like the, the clients that are, or many like the people that are in this room right now. And so if you're looking for some help with this on how to apply this to your team or to your company, then uh, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'm going to be down here mm. in just a few. And that way it's, you're making more of a direct call to action. And again, it's not like a, a sleazy thing. It's just 15, 20, 30 seconds of just saying, hey, here's some ways that we could work together. Because what I think what oftentimes we're scared of is as speakers, we've been to sessions that are just a, a pure pitch fest. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that speaker. And so we go so far the other direction where we don't say anything. <laughs> And like, I don't need to make any money. No, I'm good. This is just, uh, <laughs> this I'm just doing this out of the goodness of my heart. And so we just we don't want to say anything for fear of coming across that way, right? Of course, yeah. But if you're up there and you're delivering, you know, a 30, 45, 60 minute keynote and you do a great job mm-hmm. and you deliver amazing value and then you spend 30 seconds towards the end saying, <laughs> hey, if you'd like to work with me, here's some different ways we can make that happen. An audience is not going to be like, oh, that was <laughs> The whole time. No, no, it was 30 seconds at the end after I gave a really solid talk. So I don't think there's anything wrong with making mention in that way. So let's pause there for a second. How does all that sit? How does all that resonate for you? Well, you're really making me reflect because as many awesome improvements I've made to my content over the years, where I time and time again forget that one slide is that come and talk to me. I'm around for the rest of the day. Please come approach me because I can tell you that in my field, not a lot of speakers can feel terribly approachable Mm -hmm. and not a lot of them teach. You know, a lot are vendors, so people don't want to hear that pitch, you know, so you are so right. I'm so hesitant around that. But what I do love what you said was that like, these are the ways we can work together. Here's what I do. 
you know, so I really love that. Totally. And it can be something as simple as, you know, as you're kind of, you're going through and you're giving a a keynote and talking about different things that uh, a company could do or apply in their business. For some companies, they're kind of like, okay, I can take all of this, you know, it's me and one other person from the office here and we can take all of this and try to help implement it or apply it. But for some companies are like, I don't want to mess with that. It would be a heck of a lot simpler just to have you come to us and implement it to the whole team. You know, it's kind of like they're trying to relay information or a story that they heard secondhand. And it's just kind of like that trickle down effect of uh, the game telephone, you know, it's (laughs) it's not going to be nearly as effective as if we just brought Leah in in the first place um, to speak. So for some of them, they're like, we really need this in our company or we need this in our office or whatever with our team, but we're not equipped or qualified to, to go back and relay this information or to talk about this. But I can see how it would make great sense to bring you in to come do something similar, you know? Oh, wow. That's great. So that's one thing you could do. Another thing that you could do, and it sounds like you're doing a little bit of this already, is just getting the audience to opt in. And yeah. So- and so, it's tricky in my, I will tell you, it is tricky. A lot of them are like no email opt-ins because they're, a lot are in the field of like conversion rate optimization. And sure. So they, <laughs> so they smell you a mile away. Oh, totally. They know what's coming. <laughs> so one of the things that you can do there, especially with an audience like that, is that part of it means, uh, well, one, that you're getting permission from the client. You always want to get permission that that's okay to do. Yeah. And that you're, if you deliver a great talk, but you do something that offends the client at the end in those last 30 seconds, um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's the taste that there's going to be left in their mouth. You know, so you don't want to oh, do that. So I always want to make sure I always just double check. Hey, is it cool if I give some type of opt-in at the end? Here's what I was going to do or something like that. And I'll just mention it real quick. So they know like it's not a big deal and I'm not going to be going on for 20 minutes about, come on, everybody, get your phone out. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not I gonna know. Be- do you wait <laughs> with, the, with the, the lead digits, right? Sure. Do you wait for them? Like that's been a weird moment for me when I've been able to do that. Well, I think a lot of it, you know, you think about it's the lead magnet or think of it like fishing. And 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 sometimes you just, the better the bait, the more likely someone's going to, right. someone's going to opt in, right? So if you're just saying, here's kind of this little generic thing that's not super relevant to what I just talked about, it's not going to be helpful, then most people aren't going to opt in. But if it's something like, oh, dang, this is really, really good. Uh, <laughs> right. Then it's people really- are like, yeah, totally. And so from there, I think is is where you can you know, you can just begin that conversation because from what I'm hearing from you is I think sometimes we feel like we have to, anybody we talk to or any relationship that we build there that we're trying to get a booking out of it like that moment. (laughs) And oftentimes that's not the case, right? Like you've booked enough gigs to know that it's oftentimes, you know, weeks and sometimes months before someone is making a decision. And oftentimes the person that you're talking to at the event isn't the, the sole primary decision maker. Maybe they're someone who's right. on a committee or a board or a group, or they're just gathering information for a boss or something like that mm-hmm. to where they're not, it's a different buying selling process than if you go to, you know, if you go to a fast food place and you're just deciding on what to eat, there's no committee. There's no, you can make a decision right there. And it's, right case closed. But oftentimes for something where they're investing generally thousands of dollars in a speaker, it's going to take a minute, you know? So, (laughs) yeah. So sometimes the point of that email then is not to get someone to, you know, to to immediately raise, yes, we have an event, we want to talk to you and da, da, da. But it's even just to like start that conversation so Mm -hmm. that when they're ready to look for a speaker or they're needing a speaker for something that hopefully they think of you. And what that means is, 
you could, and my guess is you, you probably had some of these happen before where you booked a gig and it was someone who saw you a year ago or two years ago. <laughs> yes. It's like, I never talked to them. I don't remember them. I know nothing about, but they, you were top of mind for them when they mm-hmm. were looking for a speaker. And so getting the email address allows you to continue that conversation well beyond the event. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've had people show up five years later. Totally. What? <laughs> totally, exactly. And yeah. so that's where one of the things that we talk about is like speaking is very much a momentum kind of flywheel business that yeah. the more you speak, the easier it is to get gigs um, because you start having some of those like random type of situations that happen that are really hard to reverse engineer. But if you're able to show up, deliver, do a great job, be good to work with with a client, mm-hmm. uh, you're able to capture some of those email addresses and stay top of mind with them long term, then it leads to those kind of opportunities, you know, what feel like serendipitous opportunities in the future but it's really because you were, you know, systematic and how you built that relationship long-term. Mm, I see. Makes okay. sense. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, that came to mind there as you were talking is you felt like that you needed to, that you finished speaking and you need to go like inject yourself <laughs> into like conversations or anything or like try to start those conversations. And I don't know that you necessarily have to do that. You know, one of the, the you've probably seen this too, like the unique things about being a speaker is before you speak, nobody has any clue who you are, right? <laughs> right. You're just another <laughs> attendee there. And then after you speak, you tend to have more people that are like, either want to talk to you or at least like kind of doing a double take. Like, I think that was the speaker. Wasn't that the speaker? Right. <laughs> um, and at least there's a little bit more familiarity there. So I think one thing that you can do is just m- as much as you don't want to do, or much as we may go toward the extreme of like, I'm exhausted and I want to, and there's like, yeah. by all means, like rest and all that, but even just kind of like being around or letting people know where you're going to be. If people want, mm-hmm. Hey, if you want to talk, if you have any questions about what we covered or, and it doesn't even necessarily mean like, Hey, uh, if you'd like to invite me to your next event, I'm going to be available from, you know, 12 to one o'clock today over in this room. And we can talk Mm -hmm. about how I can speak to you. Hey, if you have a question about something we covered today and you're wondering about how it best applies to your company or event, I'd love to meet you. I'm going to be here, you know, just next to the stage, or I'm going to be in at the back of the room, or I'm doing a workshop or breakout this afternoon at four o'clock in XYZ room. And I'd love to connect with you there. So just, Telling people where you're going to be if they want to find you and talk more is perfectly fine. That's an awesome idea. I remember another speaker doing that at a conference and I was like, so there. It it actually motivated me to get there because then it wasn't going to be a random encounter that I may or may not. (laughs) And so if you are someone who, if if you're speaking at a conference or like an, an association or an industry trade show type event and you're doing a keynote and a breakout, I always, always, always recommend that you try to do the keynote first. Okay. If you do the workshop or the breakout first, you're just going to have low attendance because you're just another speaker. But if you've done the keynote where everybody is there and everybody's seen you speak, then it, you're going to be a lot more likely to draw a crowd in the workshop because I've seen you. I, see. I like you. I know you know what you're talking <laughs> right. about. Oh, I see what your topic is later. I want to be a part of that. So I, I've always noticed that when I do the breakout or workshop first and then the keynote, there's hardly anybody in there, right? But if I do the keynote first and then do the breakout, I always have a packed room because they've always they've already seen what it's like. My question is typically if I do an offshoot workshop in connection with the keynote, it they'd have to prepay for it since my main target are corporate employees. They can't make a snap decision that day. Like, oh, I saw her. She was awesome. I, I want to take the workshop. So. Right. This would be the case of like, if you're speaking at, let's say, some type of association event and 
there are, you know, a couple of keynote speakers and then there's a couple dozen breakouts and workshops. And, you know, after the keynote, everybody's choosing which workshop they're going to go to. And it may not even necessarily be like you do your keynote and then right after you do your workshop, but maybe, hey, I just finished my keynote and tomorrow morning I'm doing this breakout going into this topic a little bit deeper. If you'd like to to join us, I'm going to be in room, you know, whatever, come hang out with us. So doing something like that, again, gives people, because the people that show up to that workshop then or that breakout are really connected to you because I've seen her once. I, I came back mm-hmm. intentionally to see you a second time and it's mm-hmm. a smaller atmosphere. So it's also a lot more likely that you can have some more like deeper engaging conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Okay. How's that feel so far? No, it, it feels good. It feels more natural to the sort of, I have an inbound marketing yeah. <laughs> preference than a cold selling preference. Yeah. So, so I don't think you have to like just walk up to people and try to insert yourself into, you know, a conversation or like we were joking about earlier of, hey, did you, you know, did you see my keynote? That was, was it, cool. Does, that, who did, was that? That <laughs> gal was awesome. Crazy. That was cool. <laughs> like I wouldn't do that because that's just not normal right. or comfortable or natural. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is within all of this is when you're having these conversations is to remember that this is a relationship business and relationships take time. So again, like it is very, very rare, if ever, that someone saw you speak and comes up afterwards and says, that was phenomenal. I'm planning a conference in July in Phoenix and here's the mm-hmm. dates and here's our budget and are you available? Like, <laughs> that, just doesn't yeah, like <laughs> that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So most people are just like, hey, that was really good. I'd love continue the conversation with right. you. But what I was going to say was in those moments, anybody that you talk to that you have any type of connection with that they are expressing any level of interest, you always want to get their contact information. I know. So I'm it is, it's and the natural thing for speakers to do is like, here's my card. I'm just going to pass out my card. Find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's like <laughs> they have a bunch of other things. They're not going to look for you or very right. few of them will. Uh, your card is going to get thrown away with all the other things that they got at that event. And yeah. so it's just, you just get lost in the shuffle, right? Right. I, I want to be in control of the follow-up, not having, not really, really hoping that they follow up with me, you know, like, mm-hmm. and maybe it seems like maybe you've had that experience where I talked to someone, this amazing connection, and they told me yeah. about the event and we were talking about it and I never heard from them again. I right? seriously wasted like three awesome leads from a conference where they approached me and they were like gung home, like, find me, guys. Yeah. Find never. me. <laughs> Nothing. And, and maybe it, like maybe it's that they they looked and couldn't find you. Maybe it's that they just forgot. Maybe they got distracted. Yeah. Maybe they priorities, like, you know. Yeah, like like we have no idea but we have no way to follow up with them. Right. So I always want to be in control of that follow-up. So I want, I'm happy to pass out cards or whatever, but I really, the thing I want is there. And so if I have their card, then I'll, I'll make some notes on it of like, you know, they mentioned July, Phoenix, just a couple of keywords that I'm, it's going to trigger me later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that starts that process. And that's one of the things that I know, you know, we've talked about inside of Elite is then having that system of what do you right. do from there, of not sending them an email and just saying like, Hey, I was that speaker. You know, if you need anything, just let me know. But like being very systematic and following up with them and staying top of mind with them, not in an annoying, pestering way, but Mm -hmm. basically, hey, we met at the conference and I really enjoyed our conversation. I know you had mentioned that you're planning that conference in July. I was just touching base to see what is your next step with that. Right. You're always just trying to figure out what their next step is and basing your next step off that. Right. Right. 
So that's all you're doing is, hey, we had a conversation, you expressed interest, and I asked if I could follow up with you, I got your card, you said it was fine to follow up, and now I'm following up. I'm just doing what I said I was going to do, and you gave me permission to do. So it's, it's nothing that should feel you know, right. easy or annoying it's or easy, pestering right. or salesy or anything like that. Like I'm, You have a need, I have provided a solution to that need, and mm-hmm. I said I'd follow up, and I'm following up with you, right? And so that's really, when you think about it that way, then it takes some of the pressure off you. I'm just having a conversation and you express interest and I'm following up and because that's what I said I was going to do and see where this conversation <laughs> right? goes from there. <laughs> uh, that, that is amazing advice because I really kicked myself last time, but I can't say that I went into the next. Sometimes I need that like kick in the pants to change the habit that I'm just not getting the information from these people and they're really good leads because they've approached me and they already have a sense of my personality and everything. So yeah, yeah. One other thing I, I thought of from when we were talking about like opt-ins and especially like in your world where they're almost immune to it or you know something <laughs> to that effect. I saw a speaker a few years ago, and this is when speakers they were still doing you know text this word to this thing to to opt in for something. And this speaker, I think the opt-in was just their slides, but the content was really, really good. So a lot of people wanted to opt in for it. Right. But what they did was, and it wasn't a, it was like a breakout. So it wasn't a huge room. There's probably, I don't know, maybe 100, 150 people in there. And they had everyone just pass forward their business card and kind of an old fashioned thing. Oh, wow. And it's just kind of like no text, no opt. Hey, if you want this, and just kind of a casual thing, kind of a nonchalant thing of, mm-hmm. if you, and especially like it worked in that environment where most people had business cards. You know, you kind of have to, yeah. you'd have to know the audience, know if that would make sense or work. But just, hey, if you, if you want, you don't have to opt into anything. You don't have to email anything. Pull a card out of your, your wallet or purse or whatever. Yeah. Pass it forward. We'll collect those or, or leave it on your chair. I'll leave the chair. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was I'll thinking. Collect it. You know, just something oh, simple idea. like that where it's like they don't have to do anything. I just I pulled out a business card and I just set it down and I'm, <laughs> I'm done, you know? And what was the trigger, for, the hook for that was getting the slides or he just said, if you're interested in hearing from me or? No, it was just the, that was, in that case, it was the slides. Oh, um, it was the slides. Okay. But the point though is like whatever the bait or the lead magnet is that you use, it's just to start the conversation. It's not right. to then pester them. They have not opted into anything. So you wouldn't necessarily want yeah. to, unless you're like explicitly telling them, Hey, if you give me your card or, or whatever, you're opting into something. It, mm-hmm. You can just say, I will send you, you know, this lead magnet. It requires a little bit more effort on your part because then you're kind of manually entering, right. <laughs> which is a bit of a pain. But at the same time, like you made the process easier for them. Right. And so potentially you, you could get more leads out of it. But then in that email, so you're, you're letting them know, hey, here's a lead magnet that you promised and you want to send that to them as, as soon as possible. Uh, but then you can, you know, just uh, even just asking something of, hey, are you planning any you know, is there anything that you're working towards or any events that you're working on? Or, you know, here's some additional resources if you're interested in in talking further about what it would be like for us to work together. There's nothing wrong at all with sharing those ideas. I love it. I love even the idea of saying like you have either of these options. You can go here or just drop a card on your chair and Totally. Make it yeah. easy. I love yeah. it. <laughs> just, I mean, hopefully, again, just simpler for them to be able to take action on it. Um, right. But a lot of it comes down to, again, what the the lead magnet would be. So it's compelling right. enough for someone to... I mean, it's no different than any like anything we have see online where there's a lead magnet that you come across and you're like, 
that's really good. And I don't even care mm-hmm. if they're going to spam me, but I, I just need to get that. That's really cool. Versus you're just like, eh, it's just not compelling enough for me to <laughs> click on it or it's just not that big a deal or it's just not that interesting or it's not that relevant. So making sure whatever that thing is, is compelling enough that someone's like, that's cool. I need to get that. I've lucked out in that department. I have a between like a 50 and 60% opt-in rate on that's awesome. that's the really pages. Good. So cool. Um, yeah. Cool. So how does this, like all of this, like in a bow, how does this feel? Does this feel overwhelming or stressful or? It's actually the opposite (laughs) because I thought you were going to give me this whole like script for walking up and being like, I was the speaker you just, this is what I do, like a portfolio. Right. (laughs) Here's my speaker one sheet. But instead you help me work with the dynamics that are already at play in a conference how to make the most of those people approaching. I'm realizing I did not really maximize that opportunity. And I have to say, I think that the ninja trick for the day is telling people where I'm going to be because I do get so drained and I cannot sit at a cocktail hour walking around aimlessly for two hours. Yeah. You know, give them, inspire them to give a focused time and place to be at. And I, oh, I love that one so much. And so even... Like the cocktail party, the networking event, <laughs> it's better to go to those or attend those after you spoke. Again, again yeah. because at that point, people know who you are, they're familiar with you, you know, they can connect the dots. But I wouldn't, like a, a networking type of event, I don't like going to those with that <laughs> attitude of just like, it's kind of a spray and pray. Hi, my name's Grant. You know, I work with speakers. Are you a speaker? We should talk. And like, nobody wants yeah. to be. Like we feel like that's what we are supposed to do or that's what we need to do, mm-hmm. but it's just like that doesn't work and that just turns people off and it's just right. annoying. like it's just think of it like dating, you know, like <laughs> all I'm trying to do is just start the conversation with this person rather than right. like I'm not trying to, you know, get married or propose or start a family or anything like I'm just trying to start a conversation with right. them, right? And just learn more about them and kind of what they're looking for. And so I think if you approach it from that standpoint of this is a relationship business and relationships take time. And I want to have a long-term perspective. Like every conversation that I have doesn't have to lead to a gig today. But Mm. it may mean that it it turns into a gig five years ago from that one person that saw me and remembered a meaningful conversation that we had and it led to something. But like those individual conversations is oftentimes what what that can lead to. Right. What I will say is that for any events before, if it's like a dinner where people are naturally grouped, I find that that's actually a great way to drum up some anticipation for the next day. Like I'll recruit people (laughs) to make sure they attend, but it's only if there's these like prescribed groups Mm -hmm. where it's not just a free for all of mingling. So yeah. um, Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I don't think you have to go into any event with a bullhorn and hey, I'm I'm the speaker. (laughs) And so you should all hire me. But instead of just having the the approach that this is a relationship business. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just there to, to connect with people and build individual relationships. And the other thing that I think it sounds like has worked well for you that is important to know is, you know, we've talked about this inside the program, but your best marketing is a great talk. So if you go up and kill it and do a phenomenal job, then people are like, that was amazing. Like, I want to, how do we get her to come do that same thing she just did for us? You know, it's no different than any other product or service, like the products and service that we love, that we talk about, that we go back to, that we refer people to, isn't because like the marketing was so slick or isn't because like they use this color instead of that color. It's just because the thing was really, really, really good. And mm-hmm. so it makes us want to tell other people about that. And yeah. 
refer them, that person or that product or that service or whatever it may be. So if you show up and do a great, great job and then add in some of these things that we've talked about, then it's really easy to generate spinoff business from that. I could totally see that. And I have that mission of when I go to a conference where I'm, I look around at the audience beforehand and I try to mentally connect with them, yeah. even though they're not looking at me. And I try to say to like, I know what you're missing. I have a solution. I'm going to blow your mind. <laughs> like, that's literally how I psych myself up to connect and then just allow that service to naturally fold over into that appeal to come up and connect cool. Cool. Hey, this was fun. Was this helpful? It was so helpful. And Grant, I also want to say, you know, as an elite student, your program literally came along and saved the whole piece of automating the communications around my business, showing up as a a really stellar service person and treating all of my clients really as clients. And even like putting your whole email sequence into place, sending W9s in advance and like really taking out all of the work as much as possible from them. And I was wondering if I could give back by dropping a tip that I discovered this week that's already working wonders. Yeah, (laughs) share it with us. So I had like six workshop leads that were way stagnant and I would email and email and email and I was close to closing the book on some of them. And then someone suggested to me to do video follow-ups, which I have the natural equipment and everything to Mm do. And all of them responded, Grant. That's awesome. And some of them had been stagnant for six months, but they all said, wow, thank you for taking the time to make such a cute video. We have you in mind for the spring. We were just discussing internally, but it got them to actually give me an update. So I thought you're great. Enjoy that. That's awesome. There's several free tools for that. Loom is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Screencastify is another one where you just record a quick video. It's super simple. It it gives you an automatic link. There's some other tools that BombBomb is one. (laughs) uh, Bonjoro is one that we've used before on some of our stuff. Those are both paid tools. But yeah, the idea of sending a video, because any of us that get an email, you can kind of read it and you're like, Mm. is this to me or is this to everybody or is this just copy pasted? You know, but like with a video, like you can't fake that, of, right, right. you know, Hey, Jane Doe at XYZ company. We had met a couple months ago. Like that's to that person. Right. And you can't duplicate that and copy and paste that to you right. know other people. So yeah, video can be really, really effective and really, really powerful. So nice job. Thanks for sharing that. That's cool. Yeah, of course. So if people want to find out more about you and, and just check out your speaking site and your, what you're up to, where can we go? Sure. So I'm at leahpika.com, but my speaking page is leahpika.com slash speaking and all my info's right there. Awesome. Leah, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Grant. I loved it. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation and coaching call with Leah Pika. Again, if you are interested in being a part of the Elite program, then uh, we'd love for you to uh, we'd love to chat with you. You can apply for a slot by going over to thespeakerlab.com/apply. Again, thespeakerlab.com/apply. There you can uh, you can fill out an application and apply to uh, talk with us on an upcoming strategy session so we can learn more about your business and figure out what we can do to uh, best help you. So we'd love to uh, love to chat with you. Uh, that wraps up episode 228. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.